Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott alongside, as always. Hello, Scott. Sean, how's it going? Doing pretty well. How about you? Good on. Uh, no complaints, I guess. Uh, no complaints. That's good. The calendar is uh, flipped to June. I know, right? It's pretty crazy. We're we're deep into the curling off season, although I guess not as deep as uh, we would have liked. <laughs> based on the last event happening in may but uh yeah we're we're into it we're back uh, playing softball sean yeah. you know uh, after a couple of years hiatus from that feels good to get out there run throw sock some dingers yeah get back into the uh, swing of things and uh, hey. yes the curling season is done but I believe the korean national championships are taking place this month so next curling season is starting oh boy uh, yeah. I don't know if I've got time for that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, uh, you know, they get started early in Korea because that's the team that, of course, is going to represent the nation at all the various events uh, in the curling calendar. So they get an early start on it. But we are here in the off season. Last week, of course, we talked about the Grand Slams and what's going on with the Grand Slams and some ideas that we uh, came up with. To maybe try to fix those, make those a little more interesting this week. We are going to address another hot topic amongst the curling fandom that comes up really twice a year, television. And who gets shown on the TV? Exactly, Sean. We we get into this argument over on Twitter mostly, curling Twitter, and about, oh, you know, who are they showing in the feature game today? Why isn't it usually Prince Edward Island? But... Uh, <laughs> So I dug through some data, Sean, from the last four years Mm -hmm. to try and figure out, one, which teams are we not seeing enough of, and B, which teams do we see too much of? So sort of going through that way, trying to figure it out. I also went through and wanted to see if the number of wins that each province has, do they correlate well with the number of games that get shown on television. Yeah, because that's often what we think of, or at least what I think of, is who wins the most games. That's who you're going to show, particularly late in the week. And the way I think of it mostly in my head is early in the week is to sort of go around and see different people, Uh, but not really as much as you can. But like Saturday, you're going to have some signature games. Sunday night, some signature games. Monday afternoon monday night tuesday morning afternoon even tuesday night those are your five draws where you can maybe start to play around a little bit maybe tuesday night's getting a little late in the week uh, in this new format but those are the draws where you have a little more flexibility perhaps to show some of those other teams and certainly sunday morning as well that's sort of the way i always think of it then once you get to wednesday you know it's it's time to show the the games that matter in terms of playoff positioning. You know, Wednesday's all about who's getting into that championship pool, assuming we go back to that format uh, as opposed to the playoff format we had before Who or, or in this year. Who's going to be there? You know, we saw in 2021 in the bubble, it was Northwest Territories against, I 
can't remember who Kerry Galusha was playing in that game, but basically the winner got into the championship pool. The loser didn't. And that game was going on the same time as Kerry Anderson against Rachel Holman. And there was a debate there. Like, what do you show like the Holman Anderson game? But most people are like, well, they're both probably going to be there. They're probably going to play in the playoffs, which of course they did. Or do you show this game of two teams who we haven't really seen much of and the winner gets into the championship pool where they won't be seen probably on TV. So that type of debate always happens towards the end of the week. And then of course the Thursday, Friday, when it's championship pool, it's all about sort of the front runners, who's going to get in there uh, into the playoffs. So that's the way I conceive of it, but I don't know. The numbers might tell a bit of a different story. And uh, I, I don't know, Scott, like, do you think going into this, do you think that there are provinces or member associations, I should say that get preferential treatment or, or get shown more than you would expect like do do you have the sense of well okay there's a game on it's likely to be this province yeah i think especially in recent years sean with the wild cards it's come to be dominated by alberta and manitoba right And, and i think that makes a lot of sense when you think who has won the most briars and scotties (laughs) yeah it's alberta and manitoba and then ontario sort of in there as well but it's it's not even really particularly close. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, because again, yeah, they are the best. And yeah, with the wild cards, I mean, if you look back at the 2021 Scotties, for instance, all three wild card teams were Manitoba teams. So there was one point where it was Mackenzie Zacharias against Beth Peterson was a game. Uh, Carrie Anderson, uh, whenever she played, I think Tracy Fleury, like th- those are going to be all Manitoba matchups. And then of course you had Jennifer Jones there as well, who's going to get a lot of TV time. The other thing to think about, though, is the question of the representative versus the member association. So how do we try to conceive of who the rep is for that member association versus who the actual team is? Like, Because I would have thought this year going into the Scotties that BC would have gotten more games than they got because it's Marianne Arsenault along with the the other three from the great Kelly Scott teams that won back-to-back uh, national championships in a world championship. So I would have thought they got a lot of games. Now they did not play well and they did get at least one feature game, but I, I don't know. Like, do you think that when we get to the Briar and the Scotties that the team matters the most or the member association matters the most? So it, it's probably the team that matters the most. It's not, uh, necessarily dependent on member association because if you think of the case of Newfoundland, look, well, Brad oh, Gush yeah. is on TV. Yeah, we see a lot of the, He might be the exception, though. Um, maybe, maybe we'll uh we'll take a look at what we're getting from the numbers really quick, Sean. So, uh, so really, real quickly, if I'm going to sort my data, do you want to tell me who you think has the most? TV games. And now what I did here is if Team Canada was an Alberta team, I counted it as Alberta as well as a Team Canada. Okay. Same for the wild card. I counted it under both. So which do you think would be the most? Well, based on the fact that, as I said, you had three Manitoba wild card teams in 2021, I believe two Manitoba wild card teams in 2022 at the Scotties, and that Kerry Anderson has been Team Canada uh, for three of those. Of, or two of those events 
and the other team Canada in 2019 was Jennifer Jones. The fact that you are stacking up all of the wild cards and team Canada's in the Scotties as Manitoba, I'm going to suggest or, or guess that that has outweighed the Alberta presence in the Briar. And uh, I am going to say overall, Manitoba has come out on top. Indeed, you would be right, Sean. 66 feature games over the last four seasons in both the Scotties and the Briar. To put that in context, um, let me let me just count how many really quick, how many feature games that there would have been. Uh, okay. so this is not including playoffs or tiebreakers. Uh, 148, Sean, 148 yeah. games. So that's more than a third. Uh, yeah, yeah, so six, it's, 67 it's of 148. Uh, that's a lot. Pretty much all Manitoba on my TV all the time. Yeah, and I guess, and that works out too. I mean, the Briar in 2020, it was Reed Carruthers and Mike McEwen. They were the wildcard team that year, and they got a lot of, of play. I think they made the playoffs that year gunlickson is fun on tv he's gotten games uh when he's been there so you're you're yeah you're just getting a lot of manitoba content uh on, on those two broadcasts mm-hmm. and and it's hard to complain necessarily because certainly on the women's side that's where the best teams are yeah exactly that's that's where the best teams are and and i i believe every possible manitoba versus manitoba matchup uh was on tv <laughs> Uh, maybe not all of them, but uh, definitely, uh, yeah. definitely take advantage of that when you can. For sure. So uh, next team, Sean, we talked about Alberta. It is Alberta uh, as the next with sixty games. So just a shade over forty percent of the games featured at least, well, featured at least one team from Alberta. Uh, right. Sometimes both. So yeah, like another big one. The wild cards come in after that. So they are also figured in these Manitoba and Alberta rankings. So that okay. kind of makes sense. Do you want to guess the next two to round out the top five? Yeah. So this is where it gets tough, right? Because you would think, yeah, Alberta, Manitoba automatically, no question about it. And then you would say the wild card, certainly since the last two years, we've had three wild card teams in those events. So those make sense. Then it does get a little more difficult. You have Ontario, of course, gets a lot of attention with Rachel Holman being there. You also had, of course, John Epping. He had a good run in 2020 at the Briar. Glenn Howard's been a wild card team before. Uh, he always gets at least one game. And, of course, the Wayne Madaw skipping run, uh, that got three or four games there. So I would think Alberta, Saskatchewan gets some love. This quad, Dunstone had three really good runs. Uh, at the Briar, the women's side, not as much success for Saskatchewan. But when you look around the country elsewhere, if you look at, say, New Brunswick PEI, they really get more women's games than men's games. You know, BC gets a game here or there uh, on both. Quebec, you had the great uh, run in, what, 2021 in the bubble of Laurie St. George. But does that overcome not really getting a lot of games on the men's side? I don't know. So I'm going to lean towards Ontario, fourth, Saskatchewan. 
Oh, wait, no, wait, we're in Team Canada is a possibility, right? I'm going to say Ontario, Canada, Saskatchewan. Ooh, Sean, you're, you're so close. Ontario is, is indeed the number four. Uh, then tied for fifth is Saskatchewan and Northern Ontario. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, that's a bad job by me. Dean will be so happy that I forgot about Northern <laughs> Ontario, uh, that they exist. But they are, both Saskatchewan and Northern Ontario are just one game ahead of Canada. So that is like a very solid top seven. Uh, everything else uh, is much, much lower than that. So uh, yeah, Canada at 30. That's just a shade over 20%. Uh, and then same for Northern Ontario, Saskatchewan. Ontario up at 39 games, uh, just about 26% of the time. You turn on your TV, you're going to see a team from Ontario pretty good i I, i'm surprised canada's not higher to be honest yeah i'm a little surprised too uh such that i i maybe doubt my math but uh (laughs) we'll see we'll see about it so sean on the other end of the spectrum can you guess who has the fewest i'm gonna say that it's a tie on the fewest feature games between nunavut and yukon at zero that is correct that is zero neither team has ever been the feature game at the start of a of a tsn draw uh really too bad yeah i kind of miss and they'll never do it because of the expense i'm sure but that first year i believe it was only the first year they did this in 2019 where or maybe it was in 2018 where they had the like relegation round it was friday morning and the teams that didn't make it to the championship pool played against each other. And they kind of went around the rings with it, with uh, Brian and Kathy were calling it. Jamie Cooey later talked about how he might not have been fully sober for that game, which might have accounted for why they don't do it anymore. But that was fun. Like, that was a chance to see those teams play uh, in, a, in a different light. It, it was lighter. It was more relaxed. You're not going to bring it back, I wouldn't think, since it's gone. But I, I don't really know how you put those teams on like when do you do it for Nunavut and Yukon and because you do you do it against one of the top teams and based on what we've seen the scores get out of hand do you do it against a team that isn't quite at the top and then do you suffer viewership of like oh people like well those two teams aren't going to be there at the end of the week like it's tough to figure out when to put them on uh, as a feature game yeah I would suggest that like maybe uh, maybe a morning early oh, in the week, yeah. right? Like like a Monday morning. I guess they don't even play Monday mornings uh, yeah. all the time anymore. But that would be the time to to give the feature to a team that you're not going to see uh, the rest of the week. I but I feel like the, they, I, I feel like they do that though because you know in the bubble I know one of the, those games went to BC on the women's side and Corinne Brown. I think that was the only game she got that week was Tuesday morning. You know, that you see Carrie Galusha in morning draws. I I would argue that the most frequently, uh, or the most frequent times that we see Carrie Galusha is in the morning. So I I do feel like they do spread it around more in the morning than they do at night, but you're already kind of spreading around because the nighttime draws are pretty concentrated. So you'd have to spread out the nighttime draws. But Curling Canada schedules it such that there's more attractive games for fans in nighttime because one, the viewership is going to be a little higher and they want people in the building. 
at night as well. So they, they kind of try to stagger those big matchups to the, the evening draws. And if there's, say, Manitoba, Alberta going on on sheet B, can you really show Nunavut against Nova Scotia on TV? Like, that's, yeah. that's a tough one, right? Uh, yeah, that's really tough. Um, so, I, yeah, I don't know what the solution is. Is it what we've seen when we when Nunavut's gotten coverage, which is going to, uh, you know, Lori Eddy late in the game, ready to beat a, a big contender? Maybe maybe that's the way to go. Way to yeah. go with it. Yeah, I think so. So yeah, so UConn and Nunavut with nothing. I think the next spot is actually the most interesting one to me, Scott. As uh, as to who would be next in the fewest list. So third from the bottom, uh, because I don't think it's the Northwest Territories. Just just a total guess is that I don't think it is. Although mm, Jamie Cooey, I don't know if Jamie Cooey's gotten a game in a while. So maybe maybe it is. But I'm gonna go with. Ooh, I don't know. New Brunswick got a lot this year. Nova Scotia when Marion Arsenal had that run. She she got a lot of games. That was in this quad. P.I., Suzanne Burt. They love showing Suzanne Burt. The men don't get anything. Newfoundland is out because of Gushu. But if you said Newfoundland as Newfoundland, maybe. Uh, he's just always <laughs> in this quad, at least, sort of in the games that we're looking at. I, I'm going to go with next on the list is British Columbia. No, Sean, you'd be wrong. It is it is the territories ah. that you were talking about. So Yukon, Nunavut, and Northwest Territories get the fewest feature games. I, How, I many the territories? How many of the territories got? Six feature games, Sean. And I believe... Kerry okay. Galusha had three this year. Yeah, I believe they're all Kerry yeah. Galusha games. I don't okay. think uh, the territories has been featured on the men's side. That's yeah, I guess that's fair. He had his run. He made the playoffs. He got a few feature games back then. And uh, they, they've gone yeah. away from showing the Cooey versus Cooey games uh, the past few years when they've happened. Yeah, because they just don't uh, <laughs> don't last long. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was the playoff yeah. game when Jamie Cooey made the playoffs. He had to play against, he was fourth and Kevin was third. That was the matchup. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was pretty, uh, pretty crazy to yeah. be honest. All right. So it's uh, Northwest Territories and then is it British Columbia? No, then after that is uh, Quebec, Quebec at hmm. number 10. I mean, they got uh, nine games, Sean, nine games overall. Okay. I'm going to say all Laurietti probably. Or not Laurietti, excuse me. Laurie St. George? Um, yeah, Who Mike else? Fournier has had a few. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, had a few. Yeah, that's true. Overall, Sean, uh, not a lot to uh, to show here for... The, those countries down at the bottom. Uh, but I'm going to see if you can figure out, like, do, does this make sense? Is there any teams that are getting, or, or associations that are getting on TV more than their record would suggest they should? Okay. Uh, whereas, where if we go like with an R squared of one is a perfect straight line. Yeah. So that you're you're featured in the same number of games as you are expected to win. Right? right. So... That would that would mean like you'd win fifty percent of the games that you were in, or right. it, it would just right. make this make sense for the team to be on TV, right? Uh, okay. What do you think that correlation coefficient is? With one being the perfect, so we've got the yeah. exact right number of number of teams in the right number of games, and zero would be uh, every time we put a team on, they lose. Like it's right. it's terrible. 
Okay, so let's go through that list again real quick, though. So it's Manitoba, Alberta, Wildcard, Ontario, Saskatchewan, Canada, then who? Okay, so Alberta, Manitoba, Wildcard, Ontario, Saskatchewan, Northern Ont, and Canada. Okay, and then? Nova Scotia, Newfoundland, BC, New Brunswick, Quebec, Northwest Territories, or PEI is in there. Um, uh, Quebec, Northwest Territories, Nunavut, Yukon. Let's say, I'm surprised PEI is that low. Um, it's it, there's a mistake again, in the data because he filled in PEI and it's supposed to be uh, PE. So there, I fixed oh. it. It's about ten. There's about ten games okay. that they're in. Okay. Uh, and all Suzanne Burt, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. So all right, let's uh, let's look at it then and say who's going to be overrepresented on TV based off of their record. I gotta. I hate to say it. I'm gonna say Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan, yeah, they're uh, they're one of them. They've played 31 games, but uh, 62 wins. They they do win when they get there. Okay, but that's really a lot of Dunstone. Right? It's it's more on the men's side than on the women's side. Um, I, I Robin Silvernagel had a really good run. A really yes, good run she there. Had, she had one good run. Yes, that is correct. So actually, so- Sean, the team the team that wins more the most games out of the ones that they're featured in yeah is uh Nova Scotia surprisingly enough Nova Scotia featured in 17 games has won 27 total so there this is the total number of wins in the event so they're only right. featured 17 times they won 27 games over the course of those four events so uh they're the team that we should be seeing more on TV okay now the that, team that we should twenty seven is not good though. Twenty seven is not that good. It's it's not that good. No, <laughs> right? Because this we're looking at four years of Briar and Scotty, so it's really eight events. So that's, they're winning like three and a half games per event. Yeah, not great. It's not not great. Not great. So the team who has won the most is also the team that has been featured the most. That's sure. Manitoba teams. So I. I think uh, according to my R squared, we've got a 0.877 value, which is really, really quite good. So what that tells me is that TSN is taking into account the teams that are most likely to win games in factoring in who they're putting on TV. Okay. They're, the, the fan favorites are not getting over overrepresented and the, the countries that are sort of the the countries the provinces that don't win as much are not being in overinflated by tsn so yes we're disappointed that we don't see that we don't see newfoundland on on tv but they're less likely to win uh, their games right. so i from my analysis tsn is doing a great job boom that's the thesis of this podcast right so basically the lesson is if you want to get on tv win yeah, if you want to be featured more on TV, win more games, and you will. And we've seen yeah. it throughout the events, uh, such as this year, Andrea Crawford got featured more at the end of the week once they you know, had been winning more games. Uh, we've seen Suzanne Burt get featured more after they win more. So yeah, that's that's sort of the secret sauce is to win more games. Like Chris McCarville's team, not what you would call a big name in curling, 
but they show up to Scotty's and they win. And because of that, TSN knows that they're going to have a good game when they're playing. Mm-hmm. I would push back. I think they are pretty much a big name at this point. Uh, when you're looking at national championships, I mean, they've been there enough. They've been to a final. They make the playoffs every year. Like they're pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But uh, they're, they don't play on tour, right? They're not, right. They're, they don't sort of over promote themselves. Whereas a team, I don't know, say like the Jennifer Jones team that everybody knows all the players on that team that they play in every event. They've been to the Olympics. They're, they're, they're in media world. We see commercials with Jennifer Jones on TV. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just like a different uh, sort of not that the team, the team is getting the TV time based on the merits that they have on the ice. Right. And, uh, and that's what you want really is, is that to be the case. And I think a lot of times when people talk about TV and who should get on TV, there's this notion that everyone who's there should get a feature game. And I don't think I necessarily agree in part, because if you're going to have three wildcard teams, which a lot of people seem to enjoy, you can't actually have everybody on TV. You don't have enough draws uh, straight up to put everyone on TV. It's just the math of it unfortunately doesn't work. The other thing I would say, and I'd be curious to know what say Lori uh, would say about this. If, if someone were to ask her now, she's been on featured on TV before back when she was team Ontario and making it to a, a Scotty's final. So she's been on TV before as a feature game, but not as team Nunavut, but is the experience marred by not being on TV for the players? And I, I would hope not. Because if, if you're at the level of someone who's going, trying to win your provincial championship and like it's your dream to get there once uh, and you're not necessarily a competing for a national championship, right? the goal is to get there. You still get everything that goes along with it. You still get to play on that ice, to play against those other, other teams. You will be on TV, just not a feature game. Like Your face will be on TV. Your shots will be on TV. You get to hang out with the fans, do the autograph sessions, like do all that stuff. I, I, to me, that's the experience of it. And so I don't necessarily feel bad for the players who don't get a feature game. I might feel bad if family members of theirs can't travel to the event and might want to see a game that they can't. But overall, you know, it's, it's not TSN isn't in the business and TSN with curling can isn't necessarily in the business of, putting everyone on TV. They're in the business of everybody gets to compete. And then within that setting, we're going to show yeah, the teams that yeah. have the best chance to win. And even at that, if you look at the totality of these eight events, yeah, there's a lot of events that Newfoundland doesn't make an appearance. All of them women's events, mind you. Uh, and same thing with PI. There's a lot of times where the PI is not on TV at the Briar. And yes, it'd be better if they were, but with the limited TV time and TV space that you have available and you do have to, to me, you have to tell the story of the event as it is unfolding and the event is who's going to win. And that's the key. Well, also, you know, you do the updates, you talk about these teams, you show the standing, you do all that stuff, but to devote, you know, commit two and a half to three hours of TV time uh, to teams that aren't going to be there at the end of the week, that, that is a bit of a tough ask. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, the thesis, the takeaway from this, uh, Sean, is that uh, TSN, they know what they're doing. 
Yeah, they know how to pick the games. Uh, no question about it. I'd be curious to, at some point, uh, which we won't do, but see what the slams do uh, on that. Because, uh, again, they have more teams to deal with. And uh, if you listen to them, they all can win every event all the time. So there you go. See if uh, see if someone wants to do that analysis for us. Because uh, we're not going to do that, Scott, right? Uh, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah. All right. So that'll do it for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. If you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show, wherever you get your podcast, do the likes, ratings, comments, all that good stuff helps other people find the show, keeps us growing. You can also find us over gamestonespod.com. All of our past episodes are there, plus the merch available under the merch tab. Proceeds to Sandra Schmiller Foundation and Food Banks Canada. We are matching that as well and of course you can follow along with everything we got going on on social media at game of stones pod on twitter and instagram game of stones podcast on facebook and game of stones podcast at gmail.com if you want to let us know what you're thinking what you might want to hear on the show or whether you think all the teams should get tv games all the time and things should be more evenly spaced out rather than focusing so much on the teams that are at the top of the table certainly do reach out those are always lively discussions when we talk about which teams make it on the tsn broadcast so there you have it scott uh, always fun for you to look through numbers right oh i love looking through numbers sean it's uh one of my favorite things to do <laughs> well good job buddy you, you done good and uh now we know I feel like we we need the NBC star come across. The more you know. (laughs) And with that, uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll be back with you again next week. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.